All right, all right. Welcome to the Niduele podcast. This episode and our team are gratefully brought to you by our friends at Hangar 15. All our thanks go out to Mike Hansen, the master of Salt Lake City bike fitter, and his crew for taking care of Niduele and this team for so many years. So thanks to them, thanks to Hangar 15 and our team bike specialized. We, uh, in this episode, talked to John Olson, yellow jersey wearer. We spent about 50 minutes talking to John as he shares his story of life, uh, his story off the bike, and his story from childhood. Uh, Inspiring stuff from John. He uh, has an incredible story to tell about how he's been through it all. Literally, the man has nine lives is what we're calling the episode. Uh, Time and time again, he gets knocked down but gets back up. So hopefully you enjoy hearing from John, uh, hearing his story, and being inspired by the life he lives. So, uh, Miduele Podcast, Episode 6. Enjoy. All right, welcome everybody to the Miduele Podcast. Uh, Grateful that you join us. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Stuart Anderson here. We've got three guests with me today, uh, Spencer Chipping, Jake Cook, and our featured Miduele team member, John Olson. What up, fellas? What up? Hey, everybody. Hey, we are excited to uh, talk to John. We've kind of, uh, as we've gotten rolling in these podcasts, decided that it's, um, we're, we're calling these kind of like um, teammate features, if you will. So maybe there'll be like a episode on riding in sweaty bibs on Swift, you know, maybe creams and then. Creams 101. Man. Yeah, we want to talk to Dave. We want to talk to John. We want to talk to Doug. You know, we want to. Uh, share all these awesome stories with you, uh, people that ride on the team, people we know and love that we ride with. And I'm like, you got to know their story. And John is definitely one of those. You got to know his story. You got to know um, who he is and, and where he's coming from. So we're excited to have John on. Thank you, um, Jake, Jake uh, really wants to hit some recaps of what's been going on me duele the last week. So Jake, uh, Zwift recap. You want to tell us how it's going in the on winter Zwifty? Man, we are in like full swing right now. I don't know if you <laughs> if if you haven't joined, the time is now to join because oh, you don't want to be joining late January, late February because you're already going to be behind. I mean, it's going to be a nightmare to kind of catch back up. But um, no, they're so fun right now. We've had some crazy couple days, Tuesdays and Thursday. To this morning was an absolute bloodbath four uh, efforts on box hill which is about a seven minute effort and there were some ridiculous fast time this morning i mean tim uh, taylor cannon <laughs> we just went ham this morning i mean doug brower went ham Stu, obviously you're just on another <laughs> level so and here chip and i just in the back just trying to plug along so hey you know um, the effort was no, all but, about your own uh, tuesday's we effort was was crazy too yeah we weren't racing each other it was an individual effort so it was all good yep well, and then Tuesday's effort obviously was a pure race mode, like from the very beginning. So if you didn't start on time, dude, it was, I mean, you were left in the dust. So yeah. anyways, I thought been a great week on Zwift. If you haven't joined, follow Stu Anderson on Zwift Companion. He'll send you the invite. And again, like we said, the last couple of weeks, we've, uh, you know, Stu's been trying to send out these invites Sunday night. So you guys can plan your weeks and uh, decide whether you want to join any of the meetups throughout the, the upcoming week. So. Yeah, Zwift's going hard. It kind of took us a bit to get into this last year. We're like, we like launched hard into Zwift. So um, we are excited. We had some really fun new group uh, guys uh, join the team this last couple of weeks. We've got a lot of fun uh, dudes that join, a lot of questions about that. So 
in my opinion, and you guys can all weigh in, I'd love to hear your opinion. If, if, if you have a friend who's like, oh, dang, this would be a great fit. We want him to maybe check out the team and ride. Okay, now what? What do you say? How is this working? What's best? You know, once again, we've said this a couple of times, and I think that the best thing is, is to just come and give it a shot. And uh, it is very likely that um, you'll find a, a group within Midwelly that, that works for you. And it's very likely that you'll get dropped. Um, or, and it's very likely that you'll um, really like Dro it. Dropped by who, Chip? Dropped well, by who? Well, I'm just me. saying, I, I, I am no stranger to getting dropped on a, on a big climb. And point being is that um, there's a lot of different categories of, of riders and racers in Midwelly. So when someone says, hey, you should come join, um, you can have the expectation that there is um, likely a group that would, that would work within the team somewhere. And uh, every ride is different. But yeah. Uh, yeah, good. What do you think, John? Yeah, we, we may. I actually have this in my notes, but to talk about when I started riding with Maduli. But anyway, wait, wait, wait. you came prepared, John. You came prepared. Well, notes, thoughts, thoughts. <laughs> thoughts. Come on, man. Thoughts. I have it in my thoughts and let's hear it in my notes. What I'd like to share about myself. But anyways, make sure who you invite knows safety and etiquette meaning the 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 group that i ride that we ride emmy and millie with and big cotton would look on i feel safe descending behind any one of those wheels i feel safe climbing behind any of those wheels or riding behind any of those wheels make sure the person you bring along knows how to point things out doesn't half wheel you you know there's a few th items that doesn't take out your whatever your back wheel or or break in front of you or stand and cause you to crash. Just, just, I had an interview ride practically. <laughs> I'll talk, maybe get into that later. But okay. <laughs> I had to pass an interview ride practically before I right. got to wear the orange and blue. <laughs> Who was it with, John? Who was it with? We need to hear these details. Gino. It was a Gino. Brother-in-law, right. Gino. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would bring him along on story. to interview any new rider because it, it is a harsh test. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I think that that is key is just, um, you know, jumping in and buying like a thousand dollars worth of kits and getting on the group me and I want to be a part of this, like that's fun and all, but I would just recommend uh, maybe coming on some rides, joining us on Zwift and interacting and engaging with the team. That's a great start to see if it's a team because it's a team, you know, you got to participate and be part of it. So um, yeah, sure. Okay, that's it. Uh, team camp, we're still scheduled for March 4th through 7th. And then uh, the gear is going to arrive somewhere end of January, 1st of February from Volet. Uh, so yeah, that is on the way. And uh, okay, great. Good announcements. Anything, anything else? No, I, we had big orders on kits, right, Stu? I mean, we had tons of spandex ordered. Oh, yeah. This so much, so much spandex. It's almost disgusting. So <laughs> It's uh, kind of disturbing. <laughs> Too many skin suits for Chip. Too many skin suits. Or not, uh, <laughs> not enough not skin enough. suits, right, Chip? I am so excited about it. <laughs> I... 
It's like I do. Christmas. I I didn't want to tell anyone uh, before, but I did buy a small Peloton sleeveless yes. red jersey in my order. So yes, I want you to know I am getting a sleeveless jersey. Okay. But All for right. what? No, no, don't. No, don't go. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! What's going on here? What do I? I don't know something. Chip? I am wearing. So so when so for what? Like well, I'm, I'm planning the first time to be at team camp up the collab climb i'm gonna just i'll just like take a rain jacket off and then boom sleeveless peloton sleeveless. jersey yeah it'll just be with no base liner need just yeah nipples just out. out yeah mm. and i think it's a three-quarter zip so it can kind of like oh that just topped it off love it love it oh. hey well um we're grateful john to be with us i'm gonna give a little uh, bio introduction kind of set the stage of who he is and then we're going to work through a couple parts here his background uh, a terrible car accident that he got in and then maybe his future here like how he got connected with profile and uh, with me Dwelle, and then what he sees for the you know his own future writing so uh, first of all John is one of our original um, yellow jersey wearers um, he was nominated by his team as, as well as by his sister and his brother-in-law. And I would say John is a leader um, of this group in every way. Not, not only his example, but his friendship, his advice, his wisdom. Um, I haven't known John for long, but uh, I would consider him one of my uh, great friends, good friends who have just come from being on so many great experiences together. And one thing that's awesome about John is that he was featured, and we just found out he was featured without knowing uh, on the Lodija website. His story was told by his sister uh, and published on the site, and it gives a little bit of background of where we're going to go. So I'm going to read the story that was published. It's still up, I think, on the Lodija website mm -hmm. uh, if you go there, so you can, you can read along. Uh, it says, my name is Holly. And I've spent a number of years supporting my husband, Gene Smith, Gino Smith. I have spent, uh, I've also spent years watching and supporting my brother, John. His story started when he was only a month years old. Uh, since birth, John has been in and out of hospitals and has had more surgeries than I can count. He's had two kidney transplants. On top of all that, uh, operations to save his life, John was in a horrific car accident that left his feet and knees shattered. Being told that he would never run again and having trouble walking, he was devastated. John's learned to live with health issues and, uh, and give that he could do it, uh, let's see, and give what he could when he was skiing or running. Physical activity never came easy for him and usually left him completely wiped out. But John wanted to do what everyone else was doing and loved being outside, experiencing life like, a help, like healthy folk. So after recovering from his last kidney transplant and foot and knee surgery, John was left with the question, what can I do? His only option at the time was to get on a bike and take it out for daily casual rides and hope that someday he could go longer than an hour and maybe just maybe keep up with, keep my husband and sister's wheel in sight. Through it all, the pain and suffering John has endured. He's a true hero an inspiration and a true brother. And she goes on to say about the day she was there when you crossed the finish line at Lodija and uh, obviously uh, praises you for, you know, continuing to inspire her as somebody who can get through it all. Um, 
But John, maybe maybe take us back. Can you share your share your story? Uh, you know, early life, growing up, uh, what Holly was talking about, how that how that kind of started. Absolutely. So, um, I was born without knowing. When I was born, they didn't know I had some health issues. Um, it was mainly not to go too details or keep it too long. My Plumbing wasn't well, it wasn't, didn't form well. So plenty of surgeries, many surgeries to try and fix that over the first few months of my life. And then the years of my life, trying to fix that. And each one uh, being a cure for a little while or ultimately I'm trying to keep this short. So, you know, not to bore with details, but Ultimately, when I was about seven, going on eight, the doctors came and said um, his his kidneys have died, or are dying. Mm. They're they're gone. Um, he's going to have to go on dialysis, and we'll test family members first for a transplant, and then if those aren't matches, um, we'll we'll put them on the transplant list. So. Um, Luckily, my sister Holly, who wrote that, oldest in our family, I'm the baby of six kids. She was a match in 1986, donated her kidney, one of her kidneys, to me at age eight. Um, How old was she, John, at that time? I would say she was, she just early, early, early 20s. Yeah. Just barely married to Gino, who, hmm. you know, a lot of you know Gino as from a, being a Maduli old school guy. But, um, yeah, barely married. Um, I maybe had one kid, and her oldest kid is like 20-something, 20, 20 years old, 20-something years old now. Um, so, yeah, very young. Um I actually had another sister that was getting married like at the same time and they didn't test her because unless she, no other matches, they left her to be untested and because they didn't want to mess up her wedding or whatever, interfere with the wedding if they didn't have to. My brother was on a mission. They were going to fly him home to be tested, but luckily Holly was a match. My two other sisters were too young to be tested at the time. So they didn't test my two other sisters. Um, but yeah, 1986 had a transplant and best gift, one of the best gifts of my life. It changed my life. Um, it, before then they, they said, I never knew what it was like to feel healthy from age zero to eight, like wow. sitting there, I played baseball, played basketball, I skied, but things did wipe me out. I just didn't know what it was to have energy. So once you get a kidney, they, the next day after a transplant, you're like rare to go. I mean, you're <laughs> recovering, but you're like, oh my gosh, I've never felt so much energy. Mm. So yeah, it changed my life. Incredible, John. So that was, you know, 1986 and things went really, really well for almost 20 years. And I don't know how, if you want me to just keep going, but yeah. Bless yeah. You. Um, so things went really well. I, I, was going to high school as a senior at Highland High here locally in Sugar House. Senior year, about two or three weeks before graduation, I woke up paralyzed. 
and um, being, I was kind of dumb. I was playing bass, you know, it was a baseball season. I was lifting weights. I went to baseball practice. I didn't have energy. I thought I just like lifted really hard and I was really sore. I went to bed and the next morning I was, my room was in the basement of my house, my parents' house. I woke up and I went to get right out of bed and go to get ready for school and I just collapsed. And luckily at the time I had my own phone line into my room so I could call up to my parents and be like, I can't walk. <laughs> so my dad came down, got me, carried me, put me in the car, went to the hospital. Ultimately my potassium level was so low that once your potassium level goes so low, you just, you go to, you go into paralysis and then you can go into, I, I think, cardiac arrest. So luckily wow. caught that and spent some time in the hospital getting that back up. But between eight years old and 18, life was pretty good. Um, other than um, there were some limits. My, my transplanted kidney, for those that don't know about transplants, they put it in front, in your lower abdomen. So I came home from baseball or from football practice one day with my cousin and said, dad, I have a helmet and pads. He's like, uh, son, you can't play football. Your doctors won't let you. And I was, <laughs> that was like the biggest downer of my life. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, wasn't allowed to play football because they didn't want my kidney to be hit. And I'm like, well, I'll get like styrofoam and like duct tape and around my waist and stuff like that. And they're like, the doctor's like, nope, you will not play football. So that was the biggest downer of my life between age eight and 18. And then 18 came and we had a few hiccups with health paralysis, got over that, got on top of that and on some medicine. And then um, went to a, my plan after graduation was a semester at the U and go on a uh, LDS mission, put in my papers, had to do a few extra medical tests and doctor's visits came home expecting a mission call one day and my parents, you know, you know, when you walk in and you know, something's on your parents' mind, they say, sit down. I sit down. They say, John, you can't go on a mission. You have hepatitis C. I said, what, how, what, what's hepatitis C? How they, they said, they believe you got it in a blood transfusion when you were a baby before they could test for it you have to be treated for 50 weeks. You inject yourself, it's kind of varies. It starts out every day and then goes like every other day and then like three times a week for a year, for 50 weeks. And so I started doing that and um, to get ready to go on a mission in a year. That treatment makes you feel like you have the flu the whole time. You, you feel, you feel awful for a year, almost a year. You start building kind of a immunity to it a little bit. You do, you, you ache, your, your body aches, your bones ache. Um, so for um, a year, I did. Like, I go like finishing up a Zwift ride, just like the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finishing up a Zwift ride. <laughs> Every day you're injecting <laughs> Zwift into your body. <laughs> but I did it. I was sent to Maryland on a mission, mainly because I would be close to Johns Hopkins. I was set up with a doctor there and mission was going well. And then I got pneumonia one time, hospitalized with ammonia. And they almost brought my dad out to take me home. And I told him, no, I'm staying. And then I woke up again 
knowing that I was, my potassium was low and I was feeling like I was going to stop or about to be paralyzed, quote unquote, hurried to the hospital, spent about a week in the hospital with that, came home, kept working, had a couple other things happen here and there. My mission president called, I called my mission president after a doctor's visit and he said, I think it's time for you to go home. I was on a plane the next morning <laughs> and my dad came out, flew out to Baltimore, picked me up and we got home. Got home, got on top of my health, took some time to recover, get medicine right. Um, wasn't allowed to exert myself. Um, just kind of had to lay low for a while and, and get healthier. Dang. Um, now on that, so that it's was, it's it's great it's crazy to hear you say this after knowing now like what that we ride next to each other and you I've seen you go so <laughs> exert so much energy I like I can't wait for the story to turn and be like this is how I am now like this is wild right okay Right. right. Yeah. There, <laughs> like the fact you can't even. I'm get like, give me more, man. I want more. Yeah. Give me more. <laughs> I'm at a great. I'm at a great point in my life right now, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um. So got came home from my mission about eleven months, ten months early, nine months early. Reconnected with my high school sweetheart. <laughs> Married in 2001. Had three kids. In 2005, our second oldest, our son Noah, born in heart failure, uh, emergency surgery, spent two months in the NICU, had to have an ablation on his heart at about a year old or two years old. But that was February of 05. And shortly after February 05, same year, a couple months later, I started feeling really sick, really sick. And I wasn't telling anyone. So one of the things I've been um, blamed by my family is I don't express how I feel to them enough. Or if I don't feel good, I don't tell them. Um, I golfed a ton at, during this time. And I went golfing with my dad and I could barely like walk up the sand traps or walk up to the green. Like it exhausted me to walk up stairs, like 10, 10 stairs. So my sister Holly again persuaded me to go get my blood drawn to see how my kidney function was. I got my blood drawn. My dad and I started driving to a work thing and the hospital called my dad and said, get John to the hospital right now. Don't, don't stop for anything. Don't do what you're doing. Turn around and come. My kidneys have died. Um, I was, you know, pretty much ready to just pass out, I guess is what they're there. Anyway. So I, I, I go to the hospital my kidneys have died. This is 2005 early, you know, late spring, early summer, and spend some time in the hospital. They, they put in a central line into my neck to start dialysis, chest area, I guess, that goes straight to, right into, by your heart to start dialysis. Um, do that, I'm there for a week or so, can't remember how long. I'm, I'm discharged from the hospital and set up for three dialysis treatments um, a week up at the University of Utah Hospital. Mm. Um, and those I, people that have been on dialysis or, or know someone that's been dialysis, it's, you know, I heard someone while I was sitting next to them getting dialysis themselves say, this is just a slow death. 
And it is, it's brutal, a slow yeah, death. It's brutal. It is brutal. And I am fortunate beyond belief to have transplants because people stay on dialysis for years. Um, so I'm up at the, the U of U dial center and get ready to leave. And I, I drove myself there. I'm driving home, going to pick up my two boys and wife to go to the zoo that day. And it's early, you know, my dialysis went from like 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. or it was like 5.30 to 8.30 a.m. or so. So I'm, it's early, kind of early in the morning. I'm driving over here. I live by 27th South and 20th East by the Maverick kind of. I'm, and at the time, that's where I lived also, just kind of by Highland Park Elementary. I'm driving down 27th South to go home. And the last thing I remember is making a left, getting ready to make a left turn on Imperial. Next thing I remember, I wake up in an ambulance and they said, you've been in an accident, you're on the way to the hospital. I didn't know it at the time, but someone had been following me because they thought I was a drunk driver. So I, they said I was swerving, accelerating, hitting brakes and just, just all over the place. They said, I made the turn, the car shot, hit a tree and rolled a few times and ended up upside down, which I have pictures of the, the, the car. It's luckily I was driving my dad's Lexus SUV because probably, probably did save my life. I just sold my car and didn't have a car and I was borrowing my dad's for a little bit because he had two. Anyways, um, I don't remember the next couple of days. They put me on a morphine drip, um, been told it was excruciating. I was in excruciating pain, just yelled for two days about how much pain. I had two surgeries in the hospital. I broke both tibia plateaus of my knee, both tibia plateaus in my knee. Well, one in each knee. And according to the trauma orthopedic surgeon, he said, your foot broke in so many places, we stopped counting. <laughs> so he just said, you crushed it. You crushed your right foot. And so I had foot, one foot surgery, two knee surgery, well, one surgery. And then later they put a stabilizer bar in one of my legs because I had so much fracture blisters. They had to wait a week to do the other knee. So I had a stabilizer bar in my right leg for a week. John, that's crazy. <laughs> Spence, yeah, yeah. So recover, you know, got out of those surgeries, came, came home, funny, quick story, getting discharged from that. They said, your wife can't take care of you at home. She has two kids. She's not, she's not going to be able to help you go to the bathroom. She's not going to help you shower. She just can't do it. You need to find an assisted living place. So they, my parents and wife went all around looking for one. They found the only one that close by that took my insurance was down, I think on about 11th East and off of 21st South, maybe, maybe a little more North. Anyways, we set it up. I get there with my dad and wife, my wife, Ashley, and my dad take me there. We get in our room. It's about evening time by the time they set me up and the, the charge nurse comes in and says, all right, I'm leaving for the day but I just want to run something by you real quick. In the middle of the night, if you need something, how are you going to, ask, how are you going to get our attention or ask for it? Because your nurse doesn't really speak English. <laughs> and I said, huh? And she said, yeah, she doesn't speak very good English. 
-huh. And I said, I don't know. And the late, the charge nurse walked out and I looked over at my dad. I said, get <laughs> me out of here <laughs> now. That night, my dad had ordered a it's hospital crazy. bed, a wheelchair, and had put it in my house over by Highland Park. We had a, I lived in my front room in a hospital bed for three months. <laughs> and my oh, wife took care of me and my family, but my wife took care of me. Yeah. And I owe a ton of gratitude to my whole family and to my wife. She was taking care of two boys and, yeah. for, and I was non-weight bearing in a wheelchair for three months. So, so John, I mean, we got to hear now, how do you transition? Like, where does cycling come in? Has it even entered the world yet of your life? So it had entered my life prior to my accident. Gino had said, John, get a bike. You'll love cycling. So I went to Sportsden and test in Foothill Village to test ride a the bike. The den, baby. The den. The, the den. The den. Shout out to Mark Gardner, my little league baseball Heck yeah. coach. That was my childhood place, man, with That's you, right. dude. That's right. So, so I, I get on a bike and I'm like, I'm riding it behind sports stand and by the LDS church that was my church growing up. And I'm like, how do you shift this thing? Like, I didn't know the shifters were in the brakes. Like, right. I'm coming from like riding a BMX bike around the neighborhood. Red lines, Huffies. Right? Yeah. Huffies and red lines and stuff like, I'm like, I don't even, I don't, like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. I go back to sports. I'm like, I'm not buying, nope, not buying it. I was a runner. I was, I ran, you know, I used to run immigration Canyon all the time. So accident happens. You're not running anymore. When you break your tibia plateaus and crush your right foot and your right foot has to get fused. And they're like, ride a bike. So I went on and got a load of a cane for a thousand dollars and started riding to the mouth of immigration on my own mm -hmm. i remember that bike john the white motor became yeah mm -hmm. so how does that john go from like i'm riding bikes and this is fun to i saw a picture of you i think when you finished your first point to point and it was seriously <laughs> the picture of a dead man <laughs> i that was like my first interaction too with him Stu was like who is that you post that on instagram like, like who is this cat we got it like we really have to covered in dirt i think yeah. that this is the craziest part about this story is like, you know, John is, we're talking about a person who's been told by people like, take it easy. You're dumb. Like, don't do that. Uh, this is not what these people do. Like, don't. So what in your mind is like, no, I do those things. Like I'm going to do them. So it, you know, my, my family, my siblings were, were pretty competitive, friendly, com friendly, competitive, but competitive. Like, we want to push it. We want to push each other. We want to beat each other. And I would ride, honestly, I'd ride to the mouth of immigration and I'd get there after doing it for a month or whatever and be like, I'm going to Roos. Like, it's going to, nice. like, I, you know, and then I'd go to the fire station and then I'd go to the switchbacks. I still remember the first time I, dr I dropped over Little Mountain down to East Canyon Reservoir or whatever the reservoir is there before Big Mountain. And I turned around, I'm like, how the heck am I going to get home? That is, I'm so far away from home. <laughs> like, what am I doing? But it, but it's just this. So I think all cyclists, most cyclists have it. It's a self motivation thing, right? Like, we don't do none of us get paid, and we do it because we push ourselves, and we have people that push us and encourage us. And that, yeah. you know, I've had a brother-in-law that's his motto was like. John, if you're not training to win, then why are you riding? Like, I, I'm never going to win a race. 
But his is like, no, you, you go to win. It's like, you're, well, win, you're winning other battles, not races. You're winning right. other battles, right? right? Yeah, and that's yeah. what I love about point to point. It's Good like, I'm not going to beat um, Keegan Swenson, right? Or, I'm, but I'm, it, it's, a, it's a battle within myself. John, just to back up a little bit, um, John's introduction to Midwelly was not like today's where uh, <laughs> you get a very nice welcome into GroupMe and there might be 15 people that uh, chime in and say, welcome, John, we're so happy to have you. I can't wait to see you. And then someone does like the split legs straight up and, <laughs> and says, I, I'm flexible, right? It, that, that is a yes. new note. When John was coming on board, uh, Gino Smith, is um, he is an intimidating man. And if he is listening to this, I would share that Gino is intimidating. And um, now this is John's brother-in-law and Gino is captain of Midwelly and essentially captain of Utah cycling at the time. Everybody knows Gino Smith. Everyone knows that he is going to win. And it was like, you might be able to come ride with us, John. You might be able to come on board, exactly. but I think that you should just kind of come test the waters a little bit. Um, and so I think back to that. Take notes, dude. Take notes. And 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 that was uh, that was the introduction. And let me just wrap this part up with saying, you heard John mention something about crossing a wheel or doing um, standing without stating that you're standing. And if you did that on one of these group rides during John's onboarding process, Gino would cut your neck off yes. and, and then yell at you. Yes. <laughs> so. so real quick, Gino, and I, I've told this story in front of Gino and he laughs about it. We first Maduli group ride, one of the first I did was three days down in Southern Utah. We did a hundred miles a day. It was called Tour to South. And we're the doing first it. day we you started, can. we were supposed to start in Fish Lake, but it had snowed. So we drove down to Richfield and we're riding to um, Brian Head and we're riding in the rain the whole time. And at, you know, mile three, we're dropping Holly, his wife, my sister. He rides up to me and us and says, this is a family ride and continues on hammering it away from us. I didn't see Gino except for dinner and breakfast. Never saw him on the rides, but it was a family ride for us. <laughs> Maybe we need to bring him on the podcast to get his perspective, John. What do you think? Of Gino we will. Stories yeah, we'll we'll just let him do one on his own. Yes. He can just like yes. be on by himself. <laughs> but yeah, that was it. I had, I had an interview and a writing interview with Gino. So I've always joked with people like they think I'm joking. I'm like, well, show me your first sub 30 minute immigration and we'd love to have you as part of the team like that the you know go ahead show us the strava file <laughs> we're grateful to have you yep yep um john let's uh i want to talk just maybe like um i i really love to hear stories from you know experienced writers give us give us like maybe quick hits of most memorable ride most memorable race you know worst experience on a bike best experience like what's really stands out to writing uh, when you, when you look back? So my, my favorite and least favorite thing event is point to point. I love point to point. 
and it's because it is me and my bike. It's not, you're not drafting. Um, you're not, you know, you're going what you, you're doing, what you can do and it hurts and it is the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. And it, you're dirty, you know, right as you, at the start, you just get so dirty and it's just, it's just a test of everything you have. And it, it, it's a bucket list for sure. Anyone that likes or loves to be on dirt has to do it once. Um, I'm but it's an awful ride. Chip and I did this year. Oh my gosh. The funnest ride. Absolutely. I loved it. And, and I, I, Stu, I may have told you this. I think I told you this afterwards. It's like, I loved looking over at Chip and I'm like, dude, this guy is loving this ride. <laughs> this, this is the best part is just looking over at Chip and he's like, ear you know ear to ear smile we, it, we just had a blast i mean suffered and hard but it was a blast i just love the experience um yeah. francis peak with chip early that you know early in this year so many chip adventures this year john well, that's that's you know I, I i would like to say i think francis peak is where the twinkle of chip's adventures and chip and Dooley's started that's where the we chip bonding began with you with chip john huh is that where the bonding began at Francis Peak with Chip? Right, right. We talked about, hey, we need to do more of these kind of just. Mine was up Lambs Canyon with Chip. Lambs Killians, mm -hmm. our yep, hike Killians. slash bike ride. <laughs> yep, yep. In the mud. Yep. But just kind of the different things. I'll always love the Emmy Millie group rides. Love them to death. Um, yeah. Love being with the group. But you know, I I kind of leave Lodajaw off because it's just maybe I'm different. It's just, it's a, it, it's a long, long bike ride <laughs> and, and it's a bucket list. I would recommend everyone do it twice. I've done it twice. And, and the only thing I have an interest in doing it again is Stu at the end of this year, you're like, we need to do a big group and do it. Amen. Oh my gosh. Amen. I'm yeah, I so on board. I toyed with a, like a giant me dwelle cycle sport group of 40, just crushing like a <laughs> sub 10, just flying. All of us wearing the same kits, you know, yes. uh -huh. so yeah, sleeveless, sleeveless Pelotons, yeah. half quarter zip. <laughs> I, I, but I, I love Lodija. I just like, I, I don't know if I love the, the, I don't know. I don't know if I love kind of the vibe there. Yeah. John, there's, there's Our nothing, there's nothing better. I mean, in my three years, I've done Lodogen and even Stu and, and I'm sure Chip too can agree with this. You are always the first person to greet us as we come across this line, no matter every oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's everybody. You're there hugging everybody. I mean, for me, emotionally, after riding 200 miles, you were, I'm a wreck. Right. And to have a Dooley member, this is what's so special about Dooley is you have these team members that are all there who aren't riding, but they are there to hug you and support you and just right. say man you rode a great race even though you may have not felt like it was a good race you know you're right. you've always been there at least for me i remember my times of giving me a hug and saying dude proud of you man it, it, you know it, what it a day for you it, things like that loaded jaw is a huge accomplishment like huge whether you do it in whatever nine ten eleven i mean i've had brothers relatives do it in 12 plus or 13 it's a huge accomplishment it's a long day it's a lot of training and everyone yeah. should be happy with their loaded jaw. I, I find it funny when people get so discouraged about their loaded jaw because I, you know, I did a lot of riding with Todd Racker prior to his. And I'm like, dude, like 
you can have a time in your head, but it's all dependent on your group, on the weather, how you feel that day. You can have a bad day. And if you finish, you it's awesome. Totally. Like 206 yeah. miles is a long day and a great yeah. accomplishment. So whatever advice you gave Todd, it, I guess it worked. That was pretty good. Well, I good have advice. a theory on why Todd won. <laughs> we'll save that for the summer. The summer loaded your podcast yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, well, um, we asked you before you came on, what are your top three pieces of advice for all riders? What, what advice would you give out to team your uh, John's wisdom? Um, so my first word of advice would be, remember that, and this may go contrary. Look at to, him pulling out his notes. Look at this. Yeah, I love it. I love I'm pulling it. out because I'll forget kind of <laughs> my point. Let's get ready. Because I don't want people to Let's be upset or, or offended. But my first point would be, we're riding bikes for fun, to stay healthy, for fun, to challenge ourselves, and maybe win a race or here or there, if you're into racing. I was, and the reason I bring this up, don't let your biking or whatever activity get in the way of your family. This would be, this, this hit me years ago. My boys were young. They were playing baseball and soccer and football. And I wanted to go ride with Meduli guys, the four canyons. But my one boy had a football game. And I was talking to Holly and saying, man, I just think I'll, I'll send Ashley the football game and I'll go ride four canyons. She goes, you, she pretty much said, John, you're a dad first. Like, go to your kid's football game. And I went to my kid's football game and I don't regret it. And the reason I, maybe the reason I'm bringing this up is my boys have a couple years left of playing baseball. I love baseball. We're a big baseball family. And I can't stand to think of the day when I can't watch my boys play baseball or do something they love, whether it's swimming or soccer or dance or whatever your kids' activities at, be at as much as you can. I know we do these awesome, big, epic Saturday rides, and those are great. And the th fact that we go so early and get back by like 10 or 11 or whatever, that's awesome because you can hit, you can make your kids stuff. Be, be it all your kids stuff. That, I don't know if that's cycling wisdom or just wisdom 101, according to John, but, stuff. but nice. that's the one, that is my main one. Um, my other one that I've told a couple people is, and I've come, this is what I've used the last few years. If you're not motivated to ride, put on your gear, whatever your apparel, your kit, give yourself 15 minutes on a bike ride. And if you don't want to keep going, turn around and go home. I have done it many times when I 50, 50, right, Jake? 50, 50, baby. 50, 50. I've done it many times where it's like, I don't want to go. And I just, I just put on my kit, I get on my bike and I've never once turned around to go home after 15 minutes. And I've never regretted going on a ride i've only regretted laying in bed longer or sitting on the couch mm -hmm. knowing that you guys and people are out there riding mm -hmm. and i and i missed it number two great advice so and then number three and i kind of was reminded by this last night i watched the special about jim balvano the north carolina state basketball coach in his SB speech he died of cancer shortly after giving a, a speech and I, I i've listened to this here and there throughout years and this was 1993. And he said, if you can do three things a day, you'll live a great life. He said, if you can laugh every day, if you can put aside time to think every day, and if you can bring yourself to tears, whether happy tears or sad tears every day, 
you'll live a great life. Hmm. And I think I, I, I think I can laugh. I think I laugh every day. I know I laugh every day, especially on bike rides. Oh my goodness, we laugh a lot. I know on bike rides, I think that is like my place to think about life, about my family, about where I want to be, what I want to, you know, whatever that may be. Bike rides, amazing place to. I try to laugh so hard that I cry or think of something that brings me to tears. So, and touches my emotions. So, those are my three words of advice, John 101. Nice, dude. Love it. Hey, um, it's interesting. I don't think we really planned it, but um, John had a similar experience as Dave did. Last year, John was like the incredible shrinking man. Um, can you talk a bit about what happened? It was, the, yeah. it was amazing. So this, this all coincides with probably the start of burger and fries, hashtag burger and fries as well. Um, when I, I kind of took a hiatus of riding with Meduli and, and just was kind of doing, riding my own thing and with, a, with my sister. Anyways, I came back. Chip's like, yeah, come ride with us. So I come out and I meet you guys at the at bottom of Emmy and it's an Emmy Oaks ride. And I just got trashed. Even before we got to Oaks, I was just trashed. Like <laughs> that sounds normal, right? Oh, for, yeah, right? I mean, just not not you getting trashed, but no, I just the ride being very difficult on Oak yeah, Mondays. Yeah, just like I'm like in the middle of the group, like should be like, oh, you know, cruising along pedal along and I'm just like I like I can't breathe I can't talk and I'm like and we're going up oaks like <laughs> and I think I rolled up the top I'm of dying. oaks and everyone's probably like finally we can keep going like John's finally came <laughs> and shown up and it, it just happened with Emmy and Millie over and over again and and finally I just you know I knew a couple a couple friends or relatives that had started with profile and they had been having some success. And I just said, Chip, I've got to like, dude, I've got to lose some weight. I've got to get back in shape. And he's like, here, go meet this coach. And I went and met her and it just, it just skyrocketed from there. It's, it's a, not just on the bike. It's just been a life changer all mm. around for sure. That's awesome. So, Very cool. Love it. Nice. John, I, I want to ask you, because I think you'd be really honest about it, but I mean, there is a certain culture or situation where like a person arrives at that mouth of immigration for the, let's say they're arriving. It's their first time they roll up. Like what advice are you going to, what are you going to share with that guy? Who's uh, arriving for their first team ride? What are you going to say to him? Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say just, just ride. Like just, 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 Get on the back of the train, do your pull. Don't, don't, you know, don't hammer, you know, there's going to be, you know, there might be some inappropriate talk comments. There'll be some jokes shared, <laughs> maybe not inappropriate, like there's going to be some back and forth between people and just, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Like we were supposed to, you know, we did Emmy what last week and, quote unquote, slow burn, like it hurt. Like I thought we were going easy and it hurt, every ride hurt. And so just, you show up, you don't have any, you don't have to prove anything. You know, I know I say, Hey, be, you know, safety first. Yeah. Know your safety stuff, but you don't have to prove how strong you are. 
um, and be, just be outgoing, you know, everyone's so friendly on the team. They want to talk to you. You, you know, we're all bantering back and forth. If you're the new guy, just kind of throw yourself in there a little bit. Nice. So good. Cool. Uh, Jake and Chip, I know Spence has put a couple or Jake's put a couple questions on this little outline. Jake, do you have anything you want to ask? Uh, well, you know, John, I, my name is Pablo and I love the Pablo selfie. It's kind of been thrown around, but you are like <laughs> meticulous about this Pablo selfie. I mean, you are like really good at it. Can you explain or show our viewers just with your, if you have your phone on you, just show them how you kind of do the I'm camera not. a little bit. I mean, I, I love the, the, the selfies you try to do. Just give us a little background. So yeah. when I'm talking, so when I'm talking about banter, this is exactly what I mean, <laughs> because I am the worst at Pablo selfies. <laughs> Because I do have like a five-year-old iPhone that doesn't do like the fisheye. John's on the original iPhone, so, everybody. If you so don't know. when I'm on the bike, let's see this. I am like this is what I want. Like almost breaking my wrist. <laughs> if you can see that, like yes. I'm like that. that. Looks wow, beautiful. And, I'm, and like, uh -huh. it's like I don't know if I need to go here or here. So I take a handful of them. Okay. Got to. That's the key. Yep. Yeah. Right. And they net like for the longest time before I knew it was like the fisheye lens or whatever the, the setting is. I'm like, how is it? Pablo selfie exploded. I'm like, how the heck are they doing those? Like, I can't <laughs> do those. Do they have really long arms? Yeah. Like, I know I'm short. Oh, John. And then someone's like, no, they have a setting on their phone. I'm like, ah, I got it. But John, it's really it. become kind of my thing where it's like the horrible Pablo selfie. Well, you know, you've got you've got your own hashtag though, the burgers and fries. And I, I you know, I think that's so rad. I mean, I think it's cool and and uh, yep. you know, very special well, for you. So I think it's it's burgers and fries, it's because of the Maduli team. I I I think it's I came up riding <laughs> Millie one time when I was out of shape and last one up the hill. And I just said, hey, all you guys get to go eat your kale salads and your, your whatever and your, your protein shakes. I'm going to have some burgers and fries. And I think for like the next couple of months, every time I'd get to the top of Emmy or Millie or wherever, yep. Jake and your brother Jason and, and Stu and Chip and whoever was there like, would like chant burgers and fries. So it's like, dude, yep. I'm going to roll with burgers and fries. Let's do dude, Chris, and Kristen made you decals for your freaking car. <laughs> on my car, on yep. my car. My boys for Christmas or for my birthday yesterday, it's kind of, I got a light on it, but they, they engraved this on my can holder burger. Like so it's, cool, man. It's so not cool. Pablo selfie yet, but it's, it's trendy. trendy. <laughs> it's trending in the, trendy. it's trending in the Olsen house. <laughs> one, one, one more question, John, I, I yeah. if, if Steve, you're okay with that. Um, mm. What's your, what's your favorite piece of clothing that you like to wear? I mean, on kit, like just for, I mean, I know we've said kit orders, but like, what's your go-to? Um, go to, I am a big fan of the velocity Jersey. Um, I love the long sleeves. Is that, if that's what you're referring to, I love yeah, the long just sleeves. kit wise. What do you, what do you like? What do you wear most? What do you enjoy? Velocity Jersey. I like the longer sleeve. I like the fit, the race cut fit. Um, I have started to convert, be converted to the thermal bib right now at this time of year because of chip it's rubbing off on you, isn't he? chip is rubbing off on me i i i have one pair of thermal bibs and i enjoy them more um, coming um the kits the, 
the style on the kits are awesome. The new, the new style, awesome. I love it. Um, they, definitely the best looking kit out there. I mean, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so good, so good. Thank you, um, Thank you. I think accessories are what tip it off, though, right? Helmet, little pink, glasses, little pink action, little pink. Well, you're no, yeah, you're known for the pink, man. I was gonna well, say, you're known for the pink. well, I won't, I won't wear pink when I'm wearing Maduli, mm. uh, unless it's my gloves, which I've converted. I, I have and black booties. gloves now. I won't I wear like my pink. Yeah. I do like the pink shades though when you bring out the pink the, the pink glasses. Yeah, I I'll wear those. I won't wear the pink helmet with Maduli. It, it mm. I, I hearken back to Todd Racker who had a green helmet, yeah. black oh, shoes, good. ankle socks. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is my reason. That is my theory on why he won Lodaja. He went to a white helmet, tall white socks, and white shoes. Oh yeah, baby. Um, Swaggy shoe, P. Socks, yeah, shoes, socks, helmet, glasses make make the kit so nice cool i'm done chip chip you probably know john the best what, what are you any questions for him that you want to know you Mike. know i wouldn't i wouldn't say questions and i would just say many more uh, good good rides i think for the listeners what an a what an incredible story john shared uh the the team not only enjoys your company john but applauds your um just drive that you had from age eight to um, 42 right now, you have shown that there is um, no stopping what you want to do and you have a drive for life. And that is something that Midwelly um, really feasts on and um, it really resonates with all of our listeners. So thanks for sharing. Thanks, Chip. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I don't want to embarrass. I, oh, go ahead, John. No, go ahead. You, you go. I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass you, but um, one thing that I, I mean, I love cycling. I love riding, but I really love the things I learn and the people I meet. You know, through the team. And um, a month or so ago, two months or so ago, we had a local neighbor, um, Todd Wall, who got in a terrible accident. You know, it was awful, and he was paralyzed and actually ended up passing away. But before he passed away. Um, you know, the neighborhood team, we don't know him that well. I mean, he was an acquaintance, but we said, hey, um, we're trying to organize to help his family. And um, on the group thread, John was the very first to respond and say, I have been through it. And so I am, I'm here. I'll do anything. He was ready to (laughs) remember you said, I don't know how to do any of it, but I'll come over and help in any way I can. You know, build build ramps, build wheelchair, whatever. Um, John was the first to respond, and that's um, it's it's kind of easy to be the guy that responds second. And um, it was cool. It was cool to see you be first, John. So you're just you're just Amen. the man, dude. John, John, you you're you're the epitome of a comeback story, brother. I mean, from what you've gone through in your life, I mean, you really. I mean, where you were starting at eight years old to where you are now, I mean, seeing you is, man, it's incredible to watch. Just really the epitome of a comeback story, brother. Really appreciate it. I, I have been the recipient of many service from other people and somehow repay um, a small portion if possible is is something that I am really passionate about. I, I like I said, I'm, I'm not a handyman, but you know, you need someone to lift some, carry some wood somewhere or, or go buy some nails or whatever it may be, please. I'm, I'm there. 
So Jake was going to tell you later, but he's set up a GoFundMe account for your new phone for Christmas. Yes. So you can yes. Get yep. <laughs> Love it. <I'm> <laughs> Please, uh, we'll link it in the uh, the profile. So if uh, you know if anyone would feel free to donate for John's GoFundMe oh. for his iPhone 12, be great. Oh, thank right. you. All right. Well, let's wrap this. Wrap this baby up. Um, say hey, thanks. Stu. To yeah, go. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. I just want. I really want to tell the group who listens to this. Thank you so much for your friendship. It really, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm hyperbole or whatever, but the friendships I've made in the last couple of years are, are precious. So, and I know a lot of people enjoy it. It's, it's gotten me through some, some stuff in my life. Just so I love, I love this group and the things that you guys are doing to just explode this team. It's just remarkable. And thanks to you guys for all that you do. So just wanted to shout that out. We love you, John. Thanks, John. We can end there, man. Thanks, John.